Welcome to the Momnificent Podcast. This is the place where we help parents live a happy, healthy life with their kids. We're going to show you how to connect with your child and help them even in their most difficult moments as we hear from experts in the field. I'm your host, Dr. Karin Jakubowski, an international speaker, public school principal, and former struggling student. The Momnificent Podcast equips parents with science-based strategies to help you live a happy, healthy life with your kids. Welcome. Good evening, all of you who are joining us live. It's so good to see you. I'm so happy and excited uh, to introduce our guest today, Serena and Tina. Welcome to Momnificent Ladies. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And so the, the, for those who are listening, I want to take a second and share how I met Tina and Serena. I love that. I'm going to be like saying that all night. <laughs> Tina and Serena. <laughs> such a cute ring to it. So about three weeks ago, I was at a training in our district and I saw one of our psychologists that I had worked with like 12 years ago in our district, but we get moved around to different schools. And it was so fun connecting with him. And he knew I had a podcast. And then he's telling me, I think he took his daughter to the University of Richmond to tour. He's so excited. He wants to get in. And he's telling me that you, Tarina, have a podcast. And I'm like, get out. I should interview him because anytime I hear someone has a podcast, I'm like, oh, I'll check out and see if they're interested. Like I could be a guest on their show. They could be a guest on mine. So Tina, I emailed Tina and I'm like, Hey, and I'm telling her this whole story. And we jump on a call with Serena and she's like, okay, so who did you meet? (laughs) And how did that all work? (laughs) So that was just so fun. I'm so glad you're here. (laughs) Thank you again. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you are so welcome. So I feel like, uh, talking about mental health and has become more of a word and a term that is is more commonplace than it's been previous mm-hmm. to pre-COVID, I would even say. And now it's like, I mean, self-care was the, the more common buzzword, but now even using like, um, I need to take care of my own mental health and mental health awareness. And you see it out there more often. I just even see it popping up, you know, in terms and phrases on podcasts, you know, on YouTube and different things. And so I love that um, the work that you're doing and sharing and helping uh, parents and families and moms with, maybe you can start by helping our audience first understand how did you step into this work uh, that led you to this podcast, Mindful um, Mental Health Mamas. <laughs> no need to explain with the mental health mamas, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, Serena and I have known each other for about nine years. Mm-hmm. And we keep track of that by how old her youngest is. So that's easy for <laughs> right, us. Right, it helps. Um, we need those, need those little tips. Exactly right. <laughs> and we literally kind of lived across the street from one another and worked together. Before, before like nine years ago, we didn't know the other one lived in town and was struggling with the same kind of things that we were struggling with. And so... Thankfully, we were invited into a partnership that um, was really looking for family voice, and we became that family voice. And it has, I don't know, that's history, right, Serena? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I would say who we are, are um, parents with lived experience. Uh, We we made up letters to go after our names, since we know that often. (laughs) 
those things are very important. Um, and we, we're both very, you know, educated, smart women who've done lots of different things. But we came to this work uh, literally with our lived experience of parenting kids who struggle with their mental health. Um, and so that's how the two of us met. Yeah. I love that. So um, when someone says um, my my family has dealt with mental health issues, Maybe just help us understand from your perspective, even because there could be multiple perspectives on that. What does that mean exactly? Because I just feel like it covers a host of things. And I think Mm -hmm. I'll I'll speak for myself. I make a lot of assumptions and I'm not sure which way I'm supposed to be thinking without more information. So like it's it's such a broad, broad term. Mm -hmm. So what would you say? It is a broad term. And I think let's circle back to what you said at the beginning, which was since COVID, People have really um, come to realize that what we profess every week on our podcast, and that is, we all have mental health. Are we well or do we need support? And I don't think we've ever thought of mental health like that in the past. I mean, certainly not. We've talked about it many times when we grew up. We didn't talk about mental health. And so I think the isolation certainly contributed to that. I think the, um, let's just face it, during COVID, we were equal. Whether you were learning at home, working at home, you were parenting at home, everybody, there was a level playing field. All of us were struggling. I don't, honestly, I've never met anyone who said, oh yeah, that was a piece of cake, loved it. Right. Right. Yeah. And for so many people to be facing a uh, difficulty at the same time was something we haven't experienced. So maybe you can address the other part, Serena, about the, you know, kind of mental health struggles and it's all over the board, right? Well, it is. And I, I think, you know, one of the things we really want to do is just normalize this conversation to, you know, again, we all have mental health, um, just like physical health. And, uh, you know, just like Tina, I grew up not talking about those things. And when, so I have three kids and um, all three of them struggle in a variety of different ways. But when my second born uh, was really young, she started exhibiting, you know, sort of, um symptoms and signs that made it virtually impossible to kind of go out in the world and be, you know, what we might say normal, right? I don't, I don't like that <laughs> term very much. Yeah, normal, typical. right? <laughs> you know, so, so what that looked yeah. like is for, you know, she was three years old and, you know, we couldn't take her to the playground. We couldn't go eat at a restaurant. We couldn't do play dates. We couldn't go to somebody's house um, because of her behaviors. And as a parent, the first thing you do is blame yourself, right? You think, you know, you've done something or I don't, you know, I'm not parenting correctly, um, which was interesting because my firstborn, we didn't have that same experience. Um, and and so, you know, there's a lot of shame, right? A lot of embarrassment. And I I literally thought that I was the only one dealing with a child that couldn't go to the playground without, you know, it ending in disaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, it turns out she isn't. Yeah, which is kind of awesome. So I'm the mom of two adult kids. And um, I have one who struggled pretty profoundly since the age of nine. Um, and I would say both my kids struggle with COVID uh, with their mental health. I mean, we again, we all did. Uh, so it is ever evolving. And Serena and I often talk about so so we're not really about diagnoses in the sense that first of all, 
we are not qualified to give anyone advice. <laughs> um, but I also think the diagnoses for, for my family, at least, and maybe you agree with this, Serena, I know how important it is in school to have a diagnosis. I get that. I get that there's a function of a diagnosis, but I really always said, I don't care what you call my child as long as she got the help she needed. And that was really important. That was really, really important for us. And so I would say no matter what, there are some great resources if people want to delve into mental health diagnoses. Um, The National Alliance for Mental Illness has a great course that you can take. It's a 12-week course about all kinds of diagnoses um, meant for families and providers. Um, Again, it's just all over the board, right? There's a whole... I don't know how big is that DSM, it whatever number it is. Oh, yeah. It keeps growing. They just keep adding and adding. I mean, yeah. everyone in the world is going to be on that in a minute. Right. Right? Exactly. Yeah. At some yeah. level. Yeah, I, mean, exactly. how many, I mean, for example, how many times do we walk around and we're like, oh man, I'm just, I have ADHD. I'm just, I'm diagnosed. Like mm. that just like falls right out of our tongue. Yeah. So yeah. to the point where I'm like, we're all going to be on there at some point. Right. Someplace, well, I, I really believe that it's all a spectrum, right? So if we look at it's the ADHD be. spectrum or the uh, anxiety spectrum, autism. Or spectrum, autism, right? That we all exist somewhere. On yeah, that Asperger's because there's high functioning and mm-hmm. we're all mm-hmm. just a shade a variety <laughs> off, off of it, I think. Well, exactly so, right. And these are about behaviors, right? And so we all have behaviors. We all behave in certain ways. And do we, so really for us, it's, can you function? in a day or can you not do you need more tools to figure that out so and if you do that's okay that is okay. and we'll we'll get to that i think you're going to ask us about <laughs> I think that so, so I, yeah I, exactly I yeah, yeah i i, I want to talk i want to come i want you to come back on the podcast by the way because I, I i know we could just keep talking and talking mm-hmm. so what is one of the common things families or individuals or for example moms reach out to you for help with what what are you finding that they need right now so what I would say is in general, um, you know, that it's the same things that we needed back in the day that we didn't have. And that is support as a parent mm-hmm. uh, of kids who maybe don't fit in a box, right? Who, you know, aren't sort of the the norm. Again, there's that, that word normal. Um, mm-hmm. But the idea that even when our kids have all these resources and all these supports in their lives, um, we did not, right? That you know, the the first time somebody turned to us and said, How are you? It was like, Oh, me, right? Because <laughs> it gets so caught up in caring for our kids and right. making sure that they're doing okay and getting all the resources and all the things. Um, yeah. that yeah, we just forget, we forget about ourselves. Right. Um, so it's often it's support, it's a judgment-free environment, right? With people who get it. So right. there's none of this, like, you know, trying to figure out you know, what, what did we do to cause this? Or mm-hmm. it's just assuming that, you know, we're all coming into this from the same place and we're all just doing our best, right? Mm-hmm. And that's how we named our podcast. So um, Serena and I have done lots of writing over time because we think it's very therapeutic. And literally, I was on a plane back from seeing a friend. And I was writing about the kind of deep connection I have with her. And I literally wrote, when I open my mouth, there is no need to explain. She just gets me. And I think that that is the key to our connection with people on the podcast, when we used to support people in person, definitely. So, so um, yeah. Uh, Say that 
Say that exact sentence you said again. Um, the one where you said when, what you noticed I, with her. Yeah. When I open my mouth, there is no need to explain. And imagine if everyone had that. Yeah. And maybe that's mm-hmm. what you find. People don't. Exactly. You, it sounds like you both create an environment or a system or a space mm-hmm. where imagine you could feel this way. And what would that be like for you? Exactly. And, you know, I just want to take a second and say, you are a school person. I don't yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm but, just kidding. I'm just but kidding. Here's the thing. <laughs> just kidding. Go ahead. I don't know where you're going with that. <laughs> well, I'll keep going. So I feel like our kids had tons of support. I love that there are lots of wonderful built-in supports in the world for our, our children. And I just want to circle back to that point. You know, um, I think it's in the What Happened to You book by Bruce Perry and Oprah. When he says, you know, people question like, why are there so many kids in the system right now? Why is the foster system so overrun? What is going on with parents? And I think the point that he makes there is, we used to have a lot more natural supports in our lives. We don't have that anymore. So when you asked us the question, what do people need right now? I think that answer that Serena had was beautiful. We all need more support. Mm -hmm. We need support and we don't need the kind of formal support telling us. I just think of um, bio parents who don't have their kids, right? And I think a mom who's 24 years old and has three children, she's doing the best she knows how to do. Oftentimes she was a foster child herself, right? And how do we support her in the best way we know how? Um, Most of that looks like giving her direction. Here are the hoops you have to jump through, right? We don't give that kind of support. We are shoulder-to-shoulder support, helping people. um, Yeah, just they don't need to explain to us. We can help them hold their story. yeah. Anyway, we and miss probably, that direct work, right? So we, we do. Miss it. Yeah, we miss it. <laughs> and probably uh, the power of someone just listening to you. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Like, and as moms, you just give, give, give. And like mm-hmm. you said, when someone just turns and is like, how are you? You're like, I don't even know if I know how to answer yep. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And I, mean, I think, I, since, yeah. go ahead. I was just going to say, I still remember, and I often tell this story, when the first, um, kind of a bit of support came into our house. And there were, again, lots of wonderful supports for my child. And there was a support for me. And the person said to me, how can I help you? What is it that I can do for you? And I was, like I said, I'm a smart person, dumbfounded by that question. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I had no idea how to answer it because no one had ever asked me that question before. Yeah. 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 Um, I know before COVID, and I know I'm digressing from the questions I sent you. So just tell me if you want me to move on. But so during COVID, and then like right after that, something shifted in how I would respond to parents because kids may may or may not have been showing up on Zoom. You know, people may or may not have had their finances impacted with their jobs or what have you. So so I learned that pre-COVID in any time, there's a story behind everything. Right. But, but, but because of going through COVID and, and actually taking food to people's homes and things like that and calling people, I, I shifted to the first thing out of my mouth was, how are you? Is there anything I can do to support you? Is there something I can help you with? And probably 99.9% of the time, 
there was probably nothing I might have been able to do. But it was just the simple fact of just asking that because it was incredible. Because like you said, we were all on this level playing field of everything was so difficult, no matter what it was, life was just difficult. And, um, and coming out of that, it, it kind of helped, I feel like myself with also my staff to just be more sensitive to just be like, how are you? Mm-hmm. Like, how are you doing? You know, and, and, and some like might, might just be on the verge of tears and you wouldn't even know unless you, you asked that. And so I feel like since COVID it's, it's given us a little bit more of a space to, to sort of maybe let down our guard for lack of a better way to explain it. I mean, I was in a meeting today, a very serious meeting at school. And I was the one who actually broke down in tears in the middle of it because I realized I had reached a point where I was like, oh my gosh, I, I just feel like I'm doing so much and I can't like, I can't do more. Um, and that was really hard for me, but also powerful in the way that it's, I think that that's helping people to just realize like, it's okay to not have it all together or always have it put together or always have, you know, be on top. And, and, and we get this false sense of like what we, we all should be. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's, I feel like what those women find with you. It's like, oh man, I can just like, I can just be me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, we are all humans living on the same planet, right? I don't, it doesn't matter what your job title is. And COVID again was the great equalizer. That's what it was. Yeah. So why do more and more moms, do you feel need you and the mental health mamas, you and your podcast? Tell us a little bit more about like what you do and like what your podcast is about. If no one's heard of your podcast, what would they find there? (laughs) So I, I think, you know, many of the things that we're talking about here today is the normalizing that conversation around mental health. Um, and, you know, a lot of it, too, was about we share some of our stories, right? We want to normalize that um, <laughs> things are things are hard, right? I mean, we uh, um, we shared a uh, an episode um, right after the holidays, the vacation that wasn't um, because <laughs> We are very far from the, you know, sort of perfect Instagram, uh, Facebook family, right? Much more um, like Christmas vacation. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we want to be clear. We want to be real about, about mm-hmm. those things. Um, and, and, you know, because other people experience it, right? To have these expectations of this great vacation that, you know, is going to be lovely and perfect and the kids are going to behave. And, uh, yeah. and you're going to have a vacation, too. Exactly. Yes. Or we come home and need a vacation from our vacation because that was not a vacation. Right. And the thing is, that's the reality for most people. Yeah. But it's not what people see. Right. They see people sitting on a lovely beach or smiling with their family. And we often think of this like our holiday cards, right? Mm -hmm. Literally, we take hundreds of pictures to get that one where everyone isn't blinking or punching their sister or whatever it is, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, yeah. the reality, the truth. Yeah. And so we also share stories too. So our own stories, but we also bring on guests to talk about um, their stories, right? To normalize um, all sorts of different, um, all sorts of different things. And of course I have in my mind, the things we've recorded lately that we haven't mm-hmm. dropped yet. And I don't want to share those, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Although but, they'd be teasers, Serena. It's true. That is true. <laughs> well, so this week we have on that has dropped, right? Yes. The Power of Awe. It's a um, researcher 
from California. Well, he's actually from Hawaii, but he worked with the uh, UC Berkeley and he has a technique for meditation in under one minute that is proven to, to really change people's lives. Um, they did a pretty big study on, on that. Um, so he's on this week. Mm-hmm. We're all about adding tools to your toolbox, mm-hmm. right? To our toolboxes, to other people's toolboxes. Um, and, and to have people share stories of, of hard that like they got through and that they're, you know, um, they're on the other side of it. Right? So uh, we have a mom who's coming on to talk about her sons being incarcerated, right? And what that was like for her and feeling again, like she was the only person on the planet. And she's like, and I know I wasn't, right? There's mm-hmm. all these people yes, <laughs> who are in prison. Be. Right. They all yeah. have moms. Right. Yeah. And right. I guess I'd circle back to the fact that when we were going through what we were going through, I felt like people saw a different family than we really were and it was exhausting. And so finally, I think I just started sharing, you know, people say that, how are you? And what is your answer? Fine. Fine. (laughs) I got tired and exhausted of saying fine. Um, So one of my, one of my favorite answers when we were at a party was to Mm -hmm. say mixed. I'm, you know, really conflicted today. Some of my life is great. Other parts, not so good. Or I would say, um, like right now in this moment, everything is good. I don't know what the next phone call will be, but right now everything's good. Right. So just having that normal response. And um, what do people say when you say that? Because I'm sure they're okay. Like, so here's oh, what people wait. say. She, what'd she just say? <laughs> We're so used to like, okay, and move on. Right. No. Yeah. Tell okay, us. Okay. No, said. people tell don't what say they said. That. It's a connection point. So when I open the door for yes. mixed, people often laugh, but then they are much more likely to open up. I would say, wow, eight out of 10 people who I talk to in a very normal way. And Serena knows I talk to everyone. So (laughs) (laughs) we end up in a deep conversation about something. And usually it's their own people's struggles, right? And I will clearly reveal none of those here. I I think one of the things people like about us is we are totally about confidentiality, Uh, whether it's working with staff in in a school or nurses or whatever. We never share anything because then people feel safe. They're like, you know what? We know that you're not going to share any of our stuff. And so we're happy to tell you all the things and have you help us hold them. So could you imagine if we taught people to respond in ways like you were saying, Mm -hmm. to help open up that. And the more that we can help others open up, that help others open up, that help others open up. And our kids, even more importantly, watching us because they learn by watching us more than what we're going to say and how powerful and incredible to really help our kids with this. Yeah, Because you're right. Yeah, it's the vulnerability, right? It's yeah. the the struggle of the vulnerability that we all have. Yeah. Um, I just got tired of being tired and just decided to try it. And yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. working. It's yeah. working for me. <laughs> I wouldn't have met um, the lovely Serena Ward if I hadn't uh, <laughs> if I hadn't been vulnerable and put myself out there. So, 
And I wouldn't have met you too. And I feel like we're like kindred spirits and mm-hmm. I just met you. Yeah. I was really looking forward to this, this talk with you. So, all right. What about how do you get help for a mental breakdown? Okay. So probably people lose that. Like I'm, I'm going to have a breakdown or maybe they know someone or experience it themselves. Yeah. So um, I, I think, I think first of all, not my preferred wording, right? A mental breakdown feels, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to, how to put words to that. I think, I think. So how else do you to, say it? Um, well, so I'm struggling with my mental health, right? Um, or, or like really just calling it out, right? I'm, I'm depressed. Right. I'm, I'm having trouble getting out of bed in the morning. I'm feeling very depressed. Um, I'm really anxious. Like everything, I, I overreact to everything around me. Right. Um, I mean, I don't, I guess I don't know what a, what a mental breakdown looks like when I, when I think of that. I'm not sure what that looks like. Um, perhaps it's a, you know, crisis. Um, and if that's the case, we encourage people in the U.S. to call 988, mm-hmm. um, which is, uh, newly this past summer that was instituted. Um, and so you can call or text 988. Um, you can also go to an emergency room. It is not ideal, uh, but they are there to help you. Um, and, um, and beyond that, um, when people need support, um, there are wait lists right now for therapists, um, and just about everywhere that I've heard, right. I don't, yes. I don't know what, what it's like for in a while community. now. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, yeah, absolutely. Same. Ever since COVID you can't yes. get in. Right. Like, so I think, I think part of that is that people are talking about mental health, mm-hmm. right. And recognizing that they need support and the mental health professionals, um, there aren't enough of them right now no. to sort of support that shift in our, in our culture. I think it's good and it's also challenging. So I think we need to be thinking out of the box in terms of how to support people. Um, so, you know, a therapist, if you can find one is fantastic. Um, if you can't often, uh, at least in, in our community, um, going to your, uh, doctor, Sometimes your your you know general practitioner has a mental health person on staff who can do sort of short term short term support, um, and then there's also often peer supports in just about every community. Uh, so Mental Health Association of America usually there's a chapter um, near you, and there's you know warm lines of people you can talk to who have that lived experience. So there's lots of different sort of ways in. But I guess what I would say is if you feel like you need help, seek help. Yeah. And it's okay. Mm -hmm. So what's, I know I I said in our pre-call, what are five ways someone listening can improve their mental health today? Why don't we just start them off with one or two? Um, So we like to talk about a toolbox and um, we all need, so I've used this analogy before, actually, when I've talked to parents at the university level, right? They're just about to transition their kids into college. And that is very anxiety provoking for, for families. And I will attest to this being the parent of an adult. It's a shift. Um, like there are shifts in our world, you know, when your child goes to kindergarten, when your child's, you know, w- whatever it is. Um, and I've used this analogy. So when our kids are little, hopefully we're helping them fill their toolbox full of things that help them when they have, um, I also don't like the word meltdown, but I guess we do use that word sometimes. Um, but when, when kids have, you know, a struggle, what do we do is, is a mute, is music helpful is, you know, kind of to get them re-regulated. You do this all the time, I'm sure. Right. So what tools are in their box? 
And then I think our toolbox is ever evolving, right? So I would say in my 20s, I had very different tools. In my 30s, I had very different tools. We won't keep going to see how old I am, but currently... Currently, I have very different tools than I had in my 20s and 30s. So I think that um, it's really important to be able to have those tools in your box. So for example, we just had an episode, our 100th episode. Which is huge. Yes. huge. Awesome. And we shared some of our favorite, 100 of our favorite ways to take care of ourselves. And I would say... Serena is so good at knowing me that she knows what I'm going to say first. What is my number one tool in my box, Serena? Sleep. <laughs> yeah. Love so I have a good Love sleep routine sleep. and yes. I really like nothing interrupts that. I just have to have good sleep. Mm-hmm. I know my body and yep. I know that's what I need. So yeah. Serena, what is one of the tools in your box? Um, my four-legged friends, my oh. my cats and my dog. Oh, there, yes. <laughs> they don't fit very well in the toolbox, but they they're, they're there. They're always getting I, out. I yeah. just say, I it's like a Mary Poppins bag for me. I can <laughs> stuff a lot of things in it and just pull them out when I need them. I love that. So, so what is one of your tools? So for me, um, it's 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 uh, taking breaths. Like I I teach mindfulness to the kids at school, mm-hmm. and I learned some breathing and one of them's the the finger breath. And I'll literally, my secretary Mm -hmm. walked into my office one day and I was sitting there doing my breaths because for me, I've, I've, I've probably practiced and learned them more over just the last couple of years. Like you said, I didn't know that as a kid. So I love teaching kids this and they just soak it up. A little first grader told me she taught her three-year-old brother the little breathing. And I'm like, Oh my God, I love you. Um, And so for me, it's, like, it's funny. I, I walked by a, uh, it was after school, came in from car line. And I don't know if this is what your, the guy on your podcast taught you, but sometimes I've learned to like do a sigh out loud, like oh. <laughs> out loud, just there it is, you know? And so sometimes I do that because it just helps release like attention or, or stress. Mm-hmm. And I was walking from the car line door to my office and I passed two kindergarten classes and I did it louder than I probably thought thinking people were gone. <laughs> and the kindergarten teacher in the room's like, I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but, but it goes back to your point of um, T- uh, Tina, that as, as we show how normal it is to need those things and use mm-hmm. them, it really gives people the permission to be like, Hey, it's okay that I mm-hmm. need to as well, or open up to say that I need, you know, it just it just normalizes it where I think growing up in a culture or the way I grew up, it a lot was about how you looked like, mm-hmm. like, like you, you pushed your feelings down because you're going to show up and you're going to do what you're going to do. And, um, and when, and when you're raised that way, it's hard to then tap into the, the, the feeling and, and, and ask yourself, like, how am I feeling right now? It's like, oh, mm-hmm. shoot, I don't yeah. know. I haven't stopped and mm-hmm. or for years I haven't tapped into it because we were taught just pull, pull it together, pull people's your bootstraps mm-hmm. and just get it done. Put on your, put on your smile, put on your happy face. Um, in, in one of the talks I give, I mentioned how I remember in first grade, I was, I was crying and I, I don't, I don't remember what I was crying about, but I was upset about something. And I remember the teacher told me to leave the room. And I remember going out into the hallway and just being so completely embarrassed mm. and her only saying to me, 
get yourself together. We're going to walk back in that classroom. You're going to, you're going to stop your crying and you're going to pull together. And, and I, I, I now reflect back and, and use the phrase of, I realized my emotions were not safe. Mm -hmm. And I walked back in that classroom and that is how I was taught to deal with Mm -hmm. an upset, you know, difficult moment, which is why I work so hard these days when a kid is crying, Mm -hmm. I just let them get it out of their system. And then I just ask them those open-ended questions to help them. Cause there's, there's a, there's a, there's a story behind every behavior. Now I love getting to that story Mm -hmm. because I don't think I was given opportunities to get my story when I was a kid. So anyway, all right. So ladies, um, again, I can keep talking and talking, talking, because I love talking to you, uh, but I'm going to invite you back on. So help our followers and listeners with how they can find and follow you. Yeah, so we are on, uh, our, our podcast is on pretty much every uh, podcast platform. It's No Need to Explain with the Mental Health Mamas. Um, you will find us on Instagram and Facebook um, and Pinterest, which is sort of a new, <laughs> I don't know if anybody's still doing Pinterest, but yes. um, yeah, so uh, No Need and to LinkedIn, Explain. And LinkedIn, which I just started doing. I don't know. And you- um, yeah. And also we're, we're on Twitter, but it's MH Mamas. So it's a little yes. hard to find, but, um, okay. but yeah, you awesome. can find us in all those places. And I will put all of that in the show notes of our show. And is there any last, last word that you want to say to our listeners? So I, I'm just going to say that this idea that um, I know that it's hard for us, right? When we, you know, raised a certain way and we're trying to shift and, you know, feel our feels and learn about self-care. Um, but I think bottom line, we need to think about how we want our kids to grow up and what we want them to see because they're watching us, right? And if we're not taking care of ourselves, that would be sad to me if my kids grew up and and did that, right? If if they weren't uh, caring for themselves. And I would say I want to leave with one thought, and that is we want to live in a world where People, I want to live in a world, I would say, where people are real and they see each other. And if I think of some of the, um, you know, the difficulties of our world right now, I think we're not validating one another. We're not looking to people, what what they're feeling, um, what they're saying. And the listening, let's just bring it back to the listening, right? We need to listen to one another and uh, and really hear what people are are saying. and. Be vulnerable and feel validated. I think that first grade story makes me very sad. It makes me sad that you weren't validated in the least. It was just like, gosh, wow, there are songs about this, you know, like. And it's crazy because I I don't have kids myself and I have a podcast for moms. Like there's like, it doesn't even match up. Right. Hmm. But I have such a heart for kids and it's because I felt like the underdog. I know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the kid, their kids don't feel that way, you know, and that's awesome. That's great. And they're, they're going to do wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I just have such a heart for those kids who maybe misbehave a little bit. And I'm like, you know what? That doesn't have to be a trajectory of who you should be the rest of your life. So let's find something you're good at. And how can we highlight and celebrate that and, 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 and expound on that little strength that's like this small. And that's what we're going to make it all about. And so. God, it just like fires me up like that. And um, and I just want to thank both of you, gosh, for the work that you're doing and knowing the the lives that you have touched because you showed up and you were who they needed to help them open up a little bit more and know it was safe 
to open up and be a little bit more healed, a little bit more heard. Um, you just are just so precious. And I just, if there's anything I can ever do to support you, please let me know because I just, I heart both of you. <laughs> uh, thank you. And right thank back you. at you. Thank so, you for the hard work you're doing. Yeah, yeah. It just warmed awesome. my heart talking with yeah. both of you. Thank you so much. Thank well, thank you. you. Well, that's all we've got for this episode of the Momnificent Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be honored if you would subscribe and rate if you really liked it. I know wherever you're listening right now, it might not be the best time to leave a comment, but feel free to leave a question, a review, or a comment at any time. And until next time, remember, don't worry, be happy.